Thank you for tuning in to Songs of Praise from 3ABN Australia Radio. We trust you'll enjoy this musical selection to bring you peace, comfort and hope.
I love you, I love you, Lord, I love you, Lord, I really do. I love you, I love you, Lord, I love you, Lord, I really do. My Savior, Creator, Redeemer and King, you are the reason I sing. I love you, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord, I really do. I love you, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord, I really do. The joy that you bring to my heart every day gives me a reason to say I love you, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord, I really do. I love you. I love you, Lord, I really do. Trust the heart of your father when the answer goes me. 
Songs of Praise endeavours to draw your heart, mind and soul to a close relationship with your Saviour, Jesus Christ. Lest I forget, lest I forget 
sacred vow to love you for a lifetime, to give you all my heart. But there's one who's there when my love will fail, and he is all that I'm not. So now I must decrease, usher his full glory. If you're enjoying this music, encourage your friends to listen to this program each week.
us, my Savior. Shelter me safe in your arms so strong. Jesus, my Savior. You are my hiding place, Oh, God. 
your family and friends to also enjoy songs of praise. Jesus, every day I find my heart is close to drawn. He's fairer than the glory of the golden purple dawn. He's all my fancy pictures in his fairest dreams and more. Each day he grows so sweeter than he was the day before. Sometimes heavy, but he comes with sweet relief. He folds me to his bosom when I droop with blinding grief. I love the Christ who all my burdens in his body bore. Each day he grows still sweeter than he was the day before. The Blood can play. 
see my mission field all around each day. Fill my heart with Jesus' love. Use me, Lord, I pray. Here am I, Lord, send me. Here am I, Lord, send me. I will serve you faithfully. Here am I, Lord, send me. But 
Here at 3ABN Australia Radio are delighted to share songs of praise with you. We look forward to your company next time. Welcome to 3ABN Australia Radio's book reading program. The book, The Ministry of Healing by Alan White, provides sound counsel regarding holistic health. 
It covers all aspects of living that contributes to good health like cheerfulness, fresh air, exercise, diet, and positive relationships with other people, to name a few. Crucial also is a personal relationship with our Creator, who gave us life and everything we need for health and happiness. In this book, Alan White deals with sickness of the soul and the healing balm to be found by trusting God in all things. Written in simple, beautiful language, ministry healing will point to a life full of joy and happiness, a life connected with the source of healing power. Let's join our book reader, Rosalie Ricards. Hello, this is Rosalie and I'm reading from the book Ministry of Healing by Ellen White. Continuing Chapter 2, Days of Ministry. The works of Christ not only declared him to be the Messiah, but showed in what manner his kingdom was to be established. To John was opened the same truth that had come to Elijah in the desert, when a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire God spoke to the prophet by a still, small voice. 1 Kings 19, 11 and 12 so Jesus was to do his work not by the overturning of thrones and kingdoms, not with pomp and outward display, but through speaking to the hearts of men by a life of mercy and self-sacrifice. The kingdom of God comes not with outward show. It comes through the gentleness of the inspiration of his word, through the inward working of his spirit, the fellowship of the soul with him who is its life. The greatest manifestation of its power is seen in human nature brought to the perfection of the character of Christ. The followers of Christ are to be the light of the world. But God does not bid them to make an effort to shine. He does not approve of any self-satisfied endeavor to display superior goodness. He desires that their souls shall be imbued with the principles of heaven. Then as they come in contact with the world, they will reveal the light that is in them. Their steadfast fidelity in every act of life will be a means of illumination. Wealth or high position, costly equipment, architecture or furnishings are not essential to the advancement of the work of God. Neither are achievements that win applause for men and administer to vanity. Worldly display, however imposing, is of no value in God's sight. Above the seen and temporal, he values the unseen and eternal. The former is of worth only as it expresses the latter. The choicest productions of art possess no beauty that can compare with the beauty of character, which is the fruit of the Holy Spirit's working in the soul. When God gave his Son to our world, he endowed human beings with imperishable riches, riches compared with which the treasured wealth of men since the world began is nothingness. Christ came to the earth and stood before the children of men with the hoarded love of eternity, and this is the treasure that, through our connection with him, we are to receive, to reveal, and to impart. Human effort, 
will be efficient in the work of God, just according to the consecrated devotion of the worker. By revealing the power of the grace of Christ to transform the life, we are to be distinguished from the world because God has placed his seal upon us, because he manifests in us his own character of love. Our Redeemer covers us with his righteousness. In choosing men and women for his service, God does not ask whether they possess worldly wealth, learning or eloquence. He asks, do they walk in such humility that I can teach them my way? Can I put my words into their lips? Will they represent me? God can use every person just in proportion as he can put his spirit into the soul temple. The work that he will accept is the work that reflects his image. His followers are to bear as their credentials to the world the ineffaceable characteristics of his immortal principles. He shall gather the lambs with his arm. As Jesus ministers in the streets of the cities, mothers with their sick and dying little ones in their arms press through the throng, seeking to come within reach of his notice. Behold these mothers, pale, weary, almost despairing, yet determined and persevering, bearing their burden of suffering. They seek the Saviour as they are crowded back by the surging throng. Christ makes his way to them, step by step until he is close by their side. Hope springs up in their hearts. Their tears of gladness fall as they catch his attention and look into the eyes, expressing such pity and love. Singling out one of the group, the Saviour invites her confidence, saying, What shall I do for thee? She sobs out her great want. Master, that thou wouldst heal my child. Christ takes the little one from her arms, and the disease flees at his touch. The pallor of death is gone. The life-giving current flows through the veins. The muscles receive strength. Words of comfort and peace are spoken to the mother. And then another case, just as urgent, is presented. Again, Christ exercises his life-giving power, and all give praise and honour to him who doth wonderful things. We dwell much on the greatness of Christ's life. We speak of the wonderful things that he accomplished, of the miracles he wrought. But his attention to things accounted small is even higher proof of his greatness. Among the Jews it was customary for the children to be brought to some rabbi, that he might lay his hands upon them in blessing. But the disciples thought the Saviour's work too important to be interrupted in this way. When the mothers came desiring him to bless their little ones, the disciples looked on them with disfavour. They thought these children too young to be benefited by a visit to Jesus, and concluded that he would be displeased at their presence. But the Saviour understood the care and burden of the mothers who were seeking to train their children according to the Word of God. He heard their prayers. He himself had drawn them into his presence. One mother with her child had left her home to find Jesus. On the way, she told her neighbour her errand, and the neighbour wished to have Jesus bless her children. Thus several mothers came here together, and with their little ones... 
Some of the children had passed beyond the years of infancy to childhood and youth. When the mothers made known their desire, Jesus heard with sympathy the timid, tearful request, but he waited to see how the disciples would treat them. When he saw the disciples reproving the mothers and sending them away, thinking to do him a favour, he showed them their error, saying, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Mark 10.14 He took the children in his arms. He laid his hands upon them and gave them the blessings for which they came. The mothers were comforted. They returned to their homes strengthened and blessed by the words of Christ. They were encouraged to take up their burden with new cheerfulness and to work hopefully for their children. Could the afterlife of the little group be opened before us, we should see the mothers recalling to the minds of their children the scene of that day and repeating to them the loving words of the Saviour. We should see too how often in after years the memory of these words kept the children from straying from the path cast up for the ransomed of the Lord. Christ is today the same compassionate Saviour as when he walked among men. He is as verily the helper of mothers now as when he gathered the little ones to his arms in Judea. The children of our hearths are as much the purchase of his blood as were the children of long ago. Jesus knows the burden of every mother's heart. He who had a mother that struggled with poverty and privation sympathises with every mother in her labours. He who made a long journey in order to relieve the anxious heart of a Canaanite woman will do as much for the mothers of today. He who gave back to the widow of Nain her only son and in his agony upon the cross remembered his own mother is touched today by the mother's sorrow. In every grief and every need, he will comfort and help. Let mothers come to Jesus with their perplexities. They will find grace sufficient to aid them in the care of their children. The gates are open for every mother who would lay her burdens at the Saviour's feet. He who said, Suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not. Mark 10.14 Still invites mothers to bring their little ones to be blessed by him. In the children who were brought in contact with him, Jesus saw the men and women who should be heirs of his grace and subjects of his kingdom, and some of whom would become martyrs for his sake. He knew that these children would listen to him and accept him as their redeemer, far more readily than would grown-up people, many of whom were the worldly wise and hard-hearted. In teaching he came down to their level. He, the majesty of heaven, answered their questions and simplified his important lessons to meet their childish understanding. He planted in their minds the seeds of truth, which in after years would spring up and bear fruit unto eternal life. When Jesus told the disciples not to forbid the children to come to him, he was speaking to his followers in all ages, to officers of the church, ministers, helpers and all Christians, 
Jesus is drawing the children and he bids us suffer them to come. As if he would say, they will come if you do not hinder them. Let not your unchristlike character misrepresent Jesus. Do not keep the little ones away from him by your coldness and harshness. Never give them cause to feel that heaven would not be a pleasant place to them if you were there. Do not speak of religion as something that children cannot understand or act, as if they were not expected to accept Christ in their childhood. Do not give them the false impression that the religion of Christ is a religion of gloom, and that in coming to the Saviour they must give up all that makes life joyful. As the Holy Spirit moves upon the hearts of children, cooperate with his work. Teach them that the Saviour is calling them and that nothing can afford him greater joy than for them to give themselves to him in the bloom and freshness of their years. To be continued. Join us again next time when Rosalie Rickards continues reading from the book The Ministry of Healing here on your station, 3ABN Australia Radio. Let's listen to William Ackland as he shares a psalm from his paraphrase of the Bible called The Gift. Today we come to Psalm 48, and it is also another psalm by the sons of Korah. And the theme for this psalm is the glory of God in Zion. The Lord is sublime and worthy to be praised in the city of the great King on his high mountain. Zion is beautiful in its height, greatly admired by the whole world. This Mount Zion, built on the northern side of the city of the great King, God's presence is in her palaces. He is the people's safe refuge. When the kings came together in this place, when they passed by as a group, they saw it and marvelled. Fear rose in their hearts and they hurried away. Alarm overcame them when they looked upon Zion. Just like the pain of a woman in childbirth and like the noise of ships breaking on the rocks of Tarshish before a fierce east wind. What we have heard is matched by what we have seen in this city of the Lord of hosts, the city of our great God, God will see that it lasts forever. We have meditated, O God, on your unfailing love when we are in your temple. In concord with your great name, O God, is your praise throughout the world. Your right hand bestows righteousness. So let Mount Zion rejoice and let the daughters of Judah praise you because of your wise judgments. Walk around Zion Go all around her, counting her towers. Particularly notice her fortifications and look upon her palaces that you may tell your children and your children's children. For it is God who has done this. He is our God throughout all time to come. He will guide us all the days of our lives. <laughs> 